0: blog talk radio Hello, this is Robbie Motter, the host of Diva Strategies for Success, where each week on Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I bring you a dynamic guest and topic. Uh, We've been on a summer hiatus, but we're back, and we have some fabulous guests scheduled for oncoming uh, programs, and today we have a fantastic guest. Her name is Helene Segura. She is the author of The Inefficiency Assassin, Time Management Tactics for Working Smarter, Not Longer. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Her book book rescues readers from the procrastination, distraction, and overwhelm that foster work-home imbalance. Does that sound familiar to you? She's a productivity specialist and her name again is Helene Segura, she's seen her clients succumb to all of the pitfalls of overwork. Men whose marriages are falling apart because they're never home, or when they are at home, they're not paying attention to their family because they're still working. Women who work their tails off to shattered glass ceilings and instead end up working themselves into an emotional breakdown by trying to balance too many of life's places. For these people and everyone in between, she wrote *The Inefficiency Assassin*. The book provides the coaching people need when they're drowning in overwhelm. For over a decay, decade, Helen Segura has been teaching clients about how to diagnose their productivity challenges, make the necessary adjustments, and transform their business and work life. She walks entrepreneurs and professionals through powerful sessions in a. In a Book to dissolve the gap between knowledge and application. The Inefficiency Assassin is written for different learning styles and contains both strategies and detailed tactics. The book is divided into three essential areas of focus, which is great for global learners, with each area containing situational chapters that are split into scenario stories, the source of the problem for the reflective learners, the solution strategies for the right brain creative learners and the solution tactics for the concrete sequential learners and the reactive just give me the quick fix can choose to read all sections sections or just the ones that resonate with their learning style or time management challenges a helpful case study section near the end of the book presents 13 common challenges and their solutions so readers can easily self-diagnose and treat their time management problems whether readers want to streamline, downsize, better manage paper and information, organize tasks, or simply make their work and home lives more efficient, the inefficiency assassin meets people where they are struggling most with kick easy-to-implement strategies and tactics too. As the author promises, kick chaos to the curb. So let's learn a lot of,
1: about this book from Helene. Helene, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Robbie, and thanks for that great introduction. That's probably the best overview of a book that's been given on any of my interviews. Well, you know, the idea being
0: is it's a great book. People need, need to know about the book because there are so many people struggling. I hear it all the time. And how did you get to be an expert in productivity?
1: Well, it started out by not being an expert, dating back to college days when I was kicked out of the dorms for the summer because I couldn't make grades. And the reason why I couldn't make grades is because I was not managing my time efficiently. So I really had to learn and get it in gear in order to be able to get back on campus and make sure that I graduate And then fast forward to my early teaching days. Um, Anybody who's a teacher knows that teaching is incredibly hard, and you have to have so many plates swirling in the air at the same time. And once again, I fell back into the challenge of how can I be a high-quality teacher and still have a life outside of the classroom? How do I balance all of this time? And around that same time I had started grad school, And I was studying educational psychology and neuroscience, and that's when I really tapped into the power of the brain and how so many of us work against our brain types and we work against the way our brain was designed. And so by studying that, I learned how to better manage my time, which I started teaching to my students uh, in the classroom. And then 10 years ago when I started my consulting company, I started teaching All of my clients about neuroscience in as fun a way as possible and making sure they knew the easiest ways to manage their time that way it wouldn't have to be so hard because if it's easy we're more likely to do it so it's a combination of trial error and experience and then also a great deal of studying. so all of that combined turned me into the consultant that i am today
0: that's great because you know people are organized they can do so much What are the top five things someone can do right now to, as you say, kick chaos to the group?
1: The first thing that they can do is decide on what their top three work priorities are and what their top three personal priorities are. Now, some of your listeners might be saying, well, duh, I already know what my priorities are. But the problem is that that usually lives in our subconscious And you don't think about it until somebody asks you about it. But what you need to do is be able to view those priorities every single day so that way the decisions that you make about your time are based on whether or not they support your priorities. The second thing people can do is to choose targets to reach based on those priorities. For example, I have a number of clients might set a goal as, I would like to spend more time with my children, or I would like to get higher customer service ratings, but we're not using words that are measurable. So that's why it's important to choose a target that you can quantify. So you would turn the goal into, I'd like to spend at least 60 minutes of uninterrupted time with my kids in the evenings." Or I want to go from 85% to 95% in um, positive customer service ratings. So that's what I mean by targets. You can um, quantify them. The third thing you can do is plan at the end of each day. So make sure you know exactly what's happening for the next day, including your task list so you get those scheduled into your calendar. And that leads into number four. When you have these monster task lists, At the end of the day, when you haven't completed everything, you tend to feel really unmotivated. You don't feel like a success. And that's because we usually list way too many things that are not humanly possible to get done within one day. So that's why you want to estimate how much time it's going to take to accomplish these tasks and schedule those tasks into your calendar. So step four is getting everything onto your calendar. And then step five Most people don't think about this, but it's so important to stay motivated to keep going. Step five is reflect on what you did accomplish. Because at the end of the day, especially for females, we tend to focus on everything that we still have left to do. And that's part of the reason why we feel so stressed. But if we instead start with, wow, this is everything that I got done today, you feel so much better about yourself, and just that shift in mindset alone is going to make you more successful the next day. So those are the top five things you could do. So a lot of times
0: I hear people say, you know, uh, what is the best product to use when it comes to productivity? Is it a special calendar, a file folder system, task app? What is your
1: silver bullet that you would recommend? The silver bullet is the best tool you could possibly have is one that you already possess. And that is your brain because time management is truly all about mind management. We each have the choice of how we're going to spend every minute of every single day. Whether we own our own businesses or whether we work for a supervisor, we decide how we're going to utilize our time. And that's why even though task apps and calendars are important tools, in the end the greatest resource we have is our brain, and that's why it's so important to practice self-care because the more care we take – the more. Uh, care we give to our brains, then the better decisions we're going to make about the time that we use throughout the day.
0: Hmm.
1: We all have to-do lists. So how does one turn a to-do list to a done list? Well, let's expand on what I mentioned earlier when I was talking about the top five things that you can do to immediately start turning around your time. Um, The fourth step that I listed was getting things scheduled on your calendar. So what you want to do is you want to take the monster task list that you have. Some people have a million different things on there, and they might keep this list on different sheets of paper, or they might keep it on uh, a million different sticky notes, or some people capture it on their phones or in a Word document. No matter where you have this giant task list, what you want to start doing is pulling out the top three things that you need to accomplish the next day. Now, I realize that we all have more than three things that we need to do, but we want to make sure that we identify ahead of time what the top three things are that we absolutely need to get done. The next thing is we estimate approximately how long it's going to take to finish each one of those tasks. And whether you have to block out um, several hours of time to finish the task or you have to divide up the time maybe into 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there to finish the task, get it scheduled onto your calendar. Because if you schedule it onto your calendar, you are more likely to finish it. And by scheduling your days out in this way, you're going to be much more realistic about how much you put on your task list for the day so instead of having 20 things on there and only eight of them are possible to finish in a day because that's all the time we have you'll end up with a task list of eight with all eight crossed off and you'll just feel so much better when you see that successful crossed off list at the end of the day so the key really comes down to estimating approximately how much time you need to finish these tasks and these projects, which takes some planning. The other part of it is you want to make sure that you pad in extra time when you're putting this in on your calendar. For instance, if you think that something might take 30 minutes to finish, go ahead and bump it up to 45. I usually schedule about an extra one-third in, an extra 30 to 33% in because you never know if you'll have a technology issue or another human will interrupt you. So you pad in extra time during your day for your tasks. And by scheduling all of this to happen as early in the day as possible, that leaves room later on in the day for putting out fires or addressing great opportunities that come your way. So that is how you can turn a to-do list into a to-done list. I like it. You know, so many times we have so much going around us, so
0: how does one avoid going into a tailspin when everything seems to be closing
1: in all around us? When I mentioned earlier about listing out your top three work priorities and your top three personal priorities, this is really key because When people throw things your way and um, you're not having a great day, a lot of times our brains will become discombobulated and we start focusing on all the negative that's around us or we focus on how things didn't go perfectly and woe is me, I wish I was having a better day. And by having our priorities listed in front of us, we can get our brains focused so much faster back to where we need to be. So we're human. We'll need to vent that things aren't going well. But instead of venting for hours or even 45 minutes, we just vent for maybe five minutes, get it out of our system, and get refocused back on those priorities that we need to be following. So that is an overall way of how to manage things when, you know, basically the the crap is happening. Um, I'd like to give a very personal example. Um, on August 22nd, I received a phone call from out of the blue that my mother's heart has stopped. So, you know, you can have a bad day and then there are horrible days. And so I would categorize this as absolutely horrible. And because I have these lists in front of me, I knew what I needed to get checked off and get packed and get loaded up so I could get onto a plane. So within an hour, I was at the airport and packed and heading out to California from San Antonio to see my mom. And what kept me focused when all these bad things were happening was the plans that I had in front of me and the priorities that I had in front of me and knowing which ones I could just totally slip by the wayside who I needed to email right away and say, oh, my goodness, my mom's in the hospital. We're going to have to delay our call by four days. And so by planning ahead of time, catastrophes are a lot easier to handle. Not that we want to have catastrophes, but it's just a lot easier to recover if you've planned ahead of time what needs to be happening in the first place.
0: Wow, that's great.
1: Um, We've heard procrastination is
0: opportunity's natural assassin. What causes procrastination and what can our listeners do to stop it?
1: Well, psychologists define procrastination as the act of wanting to feel better now. Basically, procrastination is the adult version of a two-year-old's tantrum when they're stomping on the floor and crying and saying, I don't want to. Procrastination is a choice that we make. And if we choose to allow procrastination to creep in and take over, then we're shutting the door to so many other opportunities that are out there. That's why it's really important to be fully present, to be in the moment and realize what you are doing when you are sitting at the desk or when you are driving or wherever it is that you are. Because when you're in the moment, you will realize when procrastination is starting to set in, because you'll catch yourself saying, oh, I think I'll check email, even though there's no good reason to check email, or I think I'll just pop into Facebook, even though there's really no good reason to pop into Facebook. So when you catch yourself procrastinating, then the next question you can ask yourself is, how will delaying this task or this decision benefit me? Because usually right. pro- you know, procrastination doesn't benefit us. And so when you catch yourself in the act, you're able to cut back. Now, can you do this 100% of the time? No, because we're human. We want to procrastinate. We want to feel better now. But if you can catch yourself more often than not, then you can literally cut out anywhere from one to three hours of lost time each day because that's how much the average person procrastinates. And it's not all at one time. It's not like, Robbie, you would say, hey, guess what, everybody, I procrastinated from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock yesterday and lost three hours. You know, it happens in time leaks, five minutes here, two minutes there, but it adds up to hours each day. So when we're present and we can catch ourselves, then we can also talk ourselves out of procrastinating. So how would you define a productivity then? Well, productivity – depending on which dictionary you're looking at, um, it can be capable of producing the desired results without wasting any materials, time, or energy. That's being productive. That's being efficient. And for me personally, productivity means that you use your time as efficiently as possible and you choose how to use it, both during the workday and in your personal life. So if you're productive, it's not like you're ever going to be sit there sitting there twiddling your thumbs for days with nothing to do because you're so far ahead of time. When you're productive, you can decide when you are able to take a half day off. You can get more done in less time and just not feel frazzled at the end of the day. Instead, you feel accomplished and you also feel calm because you know what's going to happen the next day. So Productivity means that you feel like you're more in control of what's happening to you and you're also more confident when surprises happen to you and you're able to recover faster.
0: So if productivity is all about time management and mind management, what does the Inefficiency Assessment offer that other titles on time management don't?
1: There are so many time management books out there, and there are a lot of good ones. But what sets mine apart is that it's designed for different types of learners. There are a number of time management and productivity books and frameworks that work well if you are left brain. That means you're already analytical, you already understand structure, and so it's a lot easier to follow those frameworks. But if you're right brain, so you're more creative and you're more free-flowing, or if you're a hybrid of the two sides of the brain, then some of those books can be a little hard to follow and implement. And so what I'm most proud of about my book, The Inefficiency Assassin, is that no matter if you're left-brained or right-brained, there is a portion of the chapter that's going to speak to your brain and explain to you what needs to be done and how to do it. And then on top of that, What I really love about my book and I've gotten a lot of great feedback is there are some sample scripts in there and not a pages and pages long script, but two and three lines at a time that you can use to tell people to communicate what you want to get out of your time. Because with so many books, they say, well, you want to make sure that you are straightforward with people and you say how you want to use your time. And that sounds great. But if you haven't been able to do it before, how are you going to know what to say to these people? And so I've dropped in those little mini-scripts in the book so that way you do know how to ask for help. You do know how to stop all these interrupting people, you know, how to stop them from continually interrupting you. And so um, the script part is what I've gotten a lot of really great feedback on. That's great. Um, I know that you're also a consultant. So what what do you teach your clients? Actually, the book that we're talking about is the result of the last 10 years of consulting. And what you see in the book is everything that I teach my clients. It's not necessarily in the exact order that the book is laid out in because all of my clients are at different needs levels. But in essence, I've taken all of the roadblocks that I've seen common with all of my clients and all of the situational solutions that I've seen in commonality, like the the procrastination and constantly being late to meetings or having to deal with people who interrupt throughout the day. And so that's how the book was Um, formatted is based on all those commonalities. So with consulting, what I'm doing is I'm taking bits and pieces of what you'll see in the book, and depending on what your needs are and what your situation are, you're learning all of those different components of the framework, what you need to apply first for a quick fix so you can gain some immediate time back, and then we look at the long run because it's like eating a bowl of ice cream. In the short run, you're thinking, oh, wow, that tasted really good. But then after five minutes, you don't have any more ice cream. It's all gone. And we want these changes to last longer than just five minutes. So that's why we start taking a look at the long run. Um, And so the consulting can last a couple of weeks. For some of my clients, we've done quarterly check-ins for the last five years, Everything is individual because there's nothing cookie-cutter about time management.
0: No, it's individual.
1: Um, The Mm -hmm. Inefficiency Assassin, where did the
0: title come from? How can they Mm -hmm. buy the book? And also, how
1: can they get in touch with you to maybe uh, hire you as a consultant? If your listeners are interested, they can go to my website, theinefficiencyassassin.com. I have information about the book there as well as consulting, my keynotes and trainings. And if you scroll down to the bottom of that page, theinefficiencyassassin.com, you can also get a free productivity kit. So I've got templates in there. I've got a free webinar on procrastination. So you can sign up to receive that. And as far as the title goes, that actually was the result of a marketing class that I took. We all have our own gifts and our own weaknesses, and one of my biggest weaknesses is marketing. And so I took a marketing class. And at the time, I was using the job title Productivity Consultant. And I was told, well, that's rather drab productivity consultant. We need to jazz that up. So I went through all these exercises that asked, well, what do you bring to your clients? What do your clients get in the end? What exactly do you do? And I realized that I helped my clients slay lost time so that they can have peace in their lives. And we took those exercises. I bounced around ideas with a friend and with my husband mixed in a gin and tonic, and also a a day trip down to Mexico and back and passing border uh, control, mixed in with the fact that I love spy movies and thriller novels, and as we were passing by um, border control, that's when I came up with, oh my gosh, I am the inefficiency assassin. So that became my job title, and then the publisher liked that title for the book as well, so that's where the title came from. Yeah, it's a great title. Um,
0: We're down to about four minutes left. Uh, So do you Mm -hmm. want to give us a a story that you might want to share, or is there something else you want to share with our uh, audience? 30 minutes goes pretty fast.
1: Oh, yes, three minutes goes definitely very fast. I'll share a, a quick client story Uh, I had a client who was extremely proud of herself that she had started her own business and she felt that she was running her office hours just fine from 8 o'clock in the morning, 8.30 after dropping off the kids at school, and going until 3.30 in the afternoon picking up the kids. And what she started to realize is that even though she was physically present with her kids after school, she wasn't mentally present. And she was missing so many important moments in their lives. She missed her son's first home run. When her kids were asking for help with homework, she didn't even realize that they were asking for help. She was just doing a subconscious, "Uh uh-huh, 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 hearing noise in the background when her kids were asking her for help. So after we started working together, she started realizing that she was not fully present She was always concerned about what's coming in on her phone and what's the next business step she could take. And by constantly thinking about business, then she also ignored her family. And when she got back to work, she'd feel guilty about ignoring her family. It was this really vicious cycle. So we started making sure that she realized whether or not she was present and what she could do to feel more present. And she started delineating when family time is and when work time is. It doesn't necessarily have to be in an eight-hour block. and It can be chopped up throughout the day. And once she started focusing on business during business time and family during family time, she realized she was so much more productive and she felt far less guilt because she knew she was spending quality time with her family when it was time for that, And she felt extremely gratified when she gets so much done at work because when she was at work, she was focused on that. So I think it's very important for everybody out there to realize that you do have the power to tell your time what to do. You are in total control of it. Okay.
0: Let's give them one more time your website, how they can reach you. You also have a personal website, don't you?
1: Correct. Correct. They can go to theinefficiencyassassin.com to find out about the book and the webinars, keynotes, and trainings. They can also go to my website, which is my first name and my last name, helenesegura.com, and they can find out about all the different parts of my time management business. They can read my bio and all of that great stuff. Find out my social media so you can connect to me through there. Okay, and your
0: your name is spelled H E L E N E S E G U R A dot com, and again the inefficiency is I N E F F I C I E N C Y assassin A S S A S S -S I N dot com the efficiency assassin dot com. So it was wonderful talking with you, and um, the book is great, and everybody have this book because it sure will help them become more productive. And I thank you very much for being my guest today. And um, we, I learned a lot, and I'm going to go online and try to do one of those templates myself.
1: Oh, fantastic. So, um, and thank you so much, Robbie, for having me on. You're welcome. This is Robbie Monter, the host of Diva Strategies for Success.
0: Tune, again, tune in again next week on Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific time for a great guest and great topic. And remember, we after the show is live, we archive the show so you and your friends can tune in any time uh, to listen to the, uh, the radio broadcast. And this is real, really worth listening to as well as buying her book, the theinefficiencyassassin.com. And on her website, it tells you how to get it. Thank you again, and have a wonderful week.